0: There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors.
1: Hello, Amanda. Hi,
2: Emily. How's it going? Good. I'm. I still makes me laugh. Our new intro with the um, British man introducing us.
1: Yes, yeah, send your uh, send your feedback about that one. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, trying new things. Mm-hmm, that's true. <laughs> so, I have a story for you. I was washing the dishes the other day, and I don't know why this popped into my head. But I was thinking about how I used to work at a hardware store in college and it was a lot of fun. Like I highly recommend doing that if you have a chance. <laughs> As a young person, I learned a lot about tools and, you know, minor stuff around the house. But aside from that, something that struck me is that a lot of people would come in and just need a hammer. And so for whatever reason, we had two hammers. We had like the store brand, like cheapy light duty hammer that was like, I don't know, a couple bucks. And then we had a nicer brand. Um, it was more heavy duty and was maybe like $15. So nine times out of 10, it would be funny. I'd say like, oh, well, what are you trying to do? Do you just need to hang a picture or whatever? And nine times out of 10, the person would buy the cheaper hammer and we'd have a joke, the manager and I would be like, they're going to be back today, and they would come back and say, Oh, this broke or it's not strong enough I need to get the the more expensive one. So instead of just buying the heavier duty hammer in the first place. Um, they needed, they ended up buying two hammers and spending more money in the long run. So that is the theme of today's show, the true cost of things in our lives. Um, from hammers to investing, et cetera.
2: Yeah, I th- I think that's a really funny story. I wonder if your boss ever considered stop stopping to st- no longer yeah. stocking the cheap hammer, you know, yeah. or as he was just like, well, they're gonna do it. I'll make money off them. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That is a business move, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So a lot of times you know we're preoccupied with saving money over the quality of service we're getting so not just the quality of the product but we can translate this to the quality of service and um on the investing side what have you seen um you know people choosing or just kind of like trying to save money on a service in that in that area
2: yeah, well I think the one of the big things that comes to mind on getting a cheap product is in indexing and investing. Um and so you know, there's a lot of free financial advice out there that is just like, "Oh, just buy an index, just buy an index." Um, you know, a lot of the indexing movement was started by Vanguard who offers um and continues to offer I think the cheapest index out there, I think a lot of the other indexers, you know, try to match Vanguard's price, but Vanguard tends to be the cheapest and the big, um, you know, um, proponent of indexing out there. Um, And so, yes, indexing is cheaper than some other investing, but is that better? Right. You know, is the question. And so I think, it's a difficult question to answer, um, but I think for some people it, it is better, and for some people it isn't. Like any personal finance question, it's really personal to the individual.
1: Yeah, um, depends a lot about like what the market's doing in that time frame as well.
2: Right, exactly. And so you know, if we look at historically investing, there was a lot of high fee products out there, and the push to lower the fee has benefited everybody to buy from mutual funds to ETFs. Lowering the cost of those helps everyone. So that push towards a cheaper, more affordable fee, I think overall is a great thing. Yeah. But um, don't you? Um, Definitely. There is a lot of, in the financial world, there's a lot of gatekeeping and it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, we know more than you so we can charge you for this product. And some of that, is fair and a lot of it just isn't you know it's just price gouging to an extent so that push for lower fees i th- I overall i would say is a
1: good thing yeah and um similar in the tax world you know there's like the h and r blocks and the all the different i can't even remember the names of the other ones all the other tax preparation places that will you know charge you a lower amount but Are you getting the quality that you need? And for some people, yeah, it's fine. But for others, I mean, if you have a very complex situation, they may not necessarily make a mistake, but, you know, you can overlook something very easily or lose out on a particular credit or something like that, and you don't even know. And honestly, a lot of my clients come to me for tax work after they've received an IRS notice and they're like, what happened? And, you know, it's an honest mistake, either on their their part or on a tax preparer's part. But if, you know, you just take a little time and like do a little evaluation on a person that can actually do your taxes that you trust and who has a little more experience, that might end up saving you money in the long run. And also for, just as an aside, myself and danielle and amanda and david too we all understand tax and you're not just paying for your taxes to be filed and sent you're paying for an expert to look them over and also you can contact us during the year and we can work on tax planning and do all kinds of other things which you wouldn't be able to do with someone um, just an h&r block or any other kind of tax preparation service like that so Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. It's a different service, right? Cause it's more okay. focused on a long-term relationship rather than a one-off just get my taxes done and filed by April 15th kind of Exactly. thinking, you know, and, you know, different strokes for different folks, right? Like some sure. people that's all they need. Um, but I do think one issue is that a lot of people don't know how to evaluate, you know, if that's what they need or not. Like the people coming into the hardware store, they don't know that they need the more expensive hammer or they think maybe the salesperson is just trying to get them to spend more money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that happens in the financial advising world and tax preparation world too. Like, how do you know, is the H&R Block good enough or do I really need to go see a more professional and have a more long-term relationship? Did H&R Block do my tax return correctly or not? A lot of people just don't, they don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you trust, right? At the end of the day.
1: Yeah. There's a whole podcast about that evaluating or tuning out all the noise on social media and trying to evaluate that good. Or yeah. Pick out that actual good advice.
2: Yeah. So uh, just along that lines, you know, I just want to say for the advice on indexing, just by an index, you know, how do you evaluate whether that's good advice for you or not? Right. So, I would start with um, who is telling you that? Is it, you know, is it Vanguard who has an interest in you buying their Vanguard index? What's their interest in in the equation? Um, or is it a financial advisor who's a fiduciary who has your best interest in mind? And so maybe the answer or the advice might be the same at the end of the day, but think about who is telling you that, mm-hmm. you know? Or is it, you know, a lot of people just go by what? their parents say, their friends say, Mm -hmm. oh, I saw this on TikTok. Okay. You know, it's just this um, or other social media. I don't mean to pick on TikTok, but I think TikTok is especially bad with some questionable (laughs) financial advice lately. Mm -hmm. Um, Just think about where is this advice coming from? Is it a professional? You know, whose interests are they looking out for? Their own or yours. That should be a great starting point. And that doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily be bad advice, but you want to really keep that in mind. Who is telling you this?
1: Yeah. Um, and even reach out for a second opinion. Maybe even if, if yeah. you're just on Google, like looking up different financial advisors, I mean, that's fine, but maybe talk to two or three. And I know it's hard to, you can't really get the advice just on an intro call, but just feel them out and see, you know, ask if they are fiduciary. Um Right. Yeah. Um, you, they work with people this. like you. Yeah. yeah. We see
2: this sometimes with real estate brokers who say to people, of course, you can afford this house. Yes. You should buy this house because what is the broker's interest? They mm-hmm. get a commission if you buy the house, you know? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're wrong, but it also means they don't know your full financial picture They haven't looked at your retirement savings to see if it's in line. I mean, you know, those types of questions that maybe a fiduciary would look at and say, oh, you know, maybe now it's not the right time. Maybe you need to increase your emergency fund a little bit more, you know,
1: that type of thing. And that's the type of stuff we do at propel propels uh, we act as fiduciaries that means we have the best interest of our clients at the forefront of our mind we don't get commissions on anything we sell and um or anything we invest in anything we purchase on your behalf um and like i said with the tax talk like you have access to us all the time we don't charge you extra for um those questions during the year saying like Um, I'm thinking about retiring. Can we look into this? Those kinds of things. I mean, there's extra for, you know, we can do a financial plan for you and things like that. But uh, we do try to look at it from a whole picture, not just
2: Mm -hmm. one individual.
1: Yeah. Or an
2: individual transaction, right? Yep. So um, because your financial advice is over your lifetime, it's not just ever a question of one decision, right? It's a series of decisions and how we think about them. Um, But yeah, so I just want to also get um, one more point I wanted to make about indexing is mm-hmm. that um, they say just buy an index and then the question becomes, which index should you buy, right, and so how do you figure that out. So there are a million and one indexes available out there on the market. And so what people tend to do is say, oh, should I buy a total stock market index? Should I buy the global index? Should I pay the S&P 500? Mm -hmm. Um, Those are sort of the big ones. And then and the stock side, and then there's also the bond side, which the bond market has its own index, which... I'm going to dive into a little bit deeper in our webinar later in December. I don't know if we'll um, publish this podcast episode before that comes out, but we can link to that. Um, we'll put that webinar on YouTube mm-hmm. if you want to dive deeper into the bond di- index. But um, one point about all of them is that they're when you buy them, you get everything. So you get the good and the bad. And some of these things have more bad things in them than good, um, depending on the market environment, right? Mm-hmm. So the past 10 years, the stock market and the bond market also have essentially just gone up. So if you bought the index, you got you know good results. You were fine. Everything was going up. But now that we're in this market turmoil, we've seen big downturns, you you, you felt that if you had just indexes, right? Like everything went down. You got the junk with the, with the good performers. So um, now, you know, if we're thinking about investing, we want to be forward-looking, not backward, backward-looking, right? So backward-looking is, yes, we just had a really bad year. Forward-looking, what should we do? Should we stick with the index? Or is it time to say, hmm, maybe I should go for quality companies? That are gonna, you know, be okay during a potential recession. Maybe I should go with quality companies that are in a good position when rates are higher and they take out debt. You know, what are their books looking like now? Um, those types of quality companies. And if you're just buying the index, you're gonna get a bunch of companies who maybe not be prepared to handle a recession well, or maybe they have too much debt that they're not going to be able to refinance at these higher rates.
1: Um, and they're gonna be poor performers. Yeah, it's really so. easy to just ignore your portfolio when everything's doing well. But I think a lot of people have probably looked a little bit closer at their investments over the last year or so, and mm-hmm. um, maybe you're surprised at some of the things they, they have in their investment accounts.
2: Yeah, and it's right, it's it's sort of being lazy with your investing, which can be fine because behaviorally you want to invest and just sort of leave stuff alone after you make that decision. But you also have to know when is the time to maybe it's time to be a little less lazy about my investments. Maybe I should look at them a little more carefully and say, do I want to spend money on this or not? You know, the cost, like we said before, you're getting the cheap hammer. Is it worth it to pay a little bit more to get a little bit potentially better performance? with more active management right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a personal decision. You know, I can't give broad investment advice to everybody, but I think it's a a good question to ask yourself.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a difficult decision because you don't know if it's going to end up costing you more in the long run, but historically speaking, I think there's a lot of performance and numbers that can show You know, the active management, especially now when we're potentially going into a recession, can set you up for uh, more success in the future.
2: Yeah. And um, also, I just I also say that on indexing, it tends to work better for large cap funds. So like the S&P 500. But when we get into small cap or mid cap and in general, small cap and mid cap do better when we're coming out of a market downturn. I, no mm-hmm. promises, right? Uh, okay. we, we have to give some compliance language there. Um, and in general, indexing does not work as well when you're dealing with small and mid caps. So um, if you want to capture some of that recovery through small and mid caps, um, in general, you know, you might want to stay away from indexes in that space as well. Mm-hmm. So, nice. you know, that's just, that's the type of example of a thing when you're like, well, how do I evaluate this index? It is cheaper. I know, in general, that a, a less paying less fee for investment is better, but is it always better? And so these are the types of questions that you want to be asking yourselves when you're evaluating these investments.
1: Yeah, and you can also ask your investment advisor. Uh, yeah. who you have like ask yeah ask some hard questions if you are concerned about your portfolio, like maybe it is time to move on or interview another investment advisor, talk to us, get a second opinion, like we said. Um, Yeah, so asking the right questions, asking the right people. Um, I know Amanda had mentioned, like we talk to our parents or our friends, which is natural and also good, But especially if you're talking to parents or people in different situations, different generations, like they've lived through a completely different market. And that is a huge factor in how your portfolio performs at the end of the day.
2: Right. And the investment that's right for your parents or a friend is not necessarily the investment that's right for you at the end of the day.
1: Um, We'd hate for you to get some bad advice like Linda Tripp did.
2: Oh the Linda
1: Tripp story. <laughs> okay, so Emily
2: told me to watch the show and it was my favorite part of it. It was called what it was called Impeachment, Impeachment American Crime Story. Yes. And it's the story of Monica essentially, I mean, it's the story of the Lewinsky, Linda Tripp, um, Bill Clinton scandal. Impeachment, you will. Scandal, yes, from the nineties. And um my favorite part is when Linda Tripp is talking to a book publisher and the book publisher is telling her, yes, record those conversations with Monica Lewinsky. It's fine. Um, and she does. Right. And then later she's going, Linda Tripp is going to talk to the FBI and it's about to turn over these tapes. And that's when she meets with the lawyer and the lawyer is like, what did you do? This is a felony. You can't just give these tapes to the FBI. They're going to arrest you. And she's like, What? You know, the publisher told me it was fine. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, it ended,
1: yeah, it ended up being because she was in a different state. It was a
2: different state. Yeah. yeah. And the state laws are different on whether you need a consent to record um, in Virginia versus Maryland versus DC. It was all different jurisdictions. So, you know, this is why, you know, you're not going to go to jail. Obviously, if you buy an index or you try to go the cheap route, but you know, these this is a reason to talk to a professional in advance um, yes. before you make these decisions or not rely on the advice of a book publisher who just wanted to get juicy details for a book and make money off of it. And that person is not looking out necessarily for Linda Tripp's interest, right? Exactly. So yeah. That's the thing about low-cost things like what is the true cost like right. they say okay the true cost the cost of this robo-advisor is like nothing but what is the true cost of it how right. do you evaluate that mm-hmm. Um, you're getting just indexes and they're keeping a percentage of your money in cash that's how they make money off of you by um the investing that cash or keeping it uninvested and so think about that
1: they're the ones that are this is how they make money right yeah be wary of anything that's completely free and too good to be true I suppose right right yeah so um yeah reach out with any questions please we do not have a client question this time but we've got a few lined up for some future episodes um so yeah so if you have any questions concerns uh just want to chat with us, you can find us on Instagram. What is that? At Propel Financial Advisors. You can email us info at connectingthedollars.com. I our think web- our
2: Instagram is at advisorspropel.
1: Son of a gun. Yes. I'll write that down next time. Okay. Okay. advisors advisorspropel. We'll link everything on the website. And that is definitely connectingthedollars.com. And Emily,
2: some- I'm sorry. Our Instagram is Propel at Propel Adv- Financial Advisors. Okay, we're so gonna have to do that. This. Okay, our Twitter is Advisors Propel. Got it. Okay, again, not no. on TikTok.
1: No, I've Could
2: never. Do you want to see us on TikTok?
1: Let me know. <laughs> oh gosh, I'll just put a bunch of cat videos up for you all.
2: Okay, um, Maybe. that would probably work.
1: <laughs> yeah get adv- get some financial advice from the cat they'll yeah. just point to the, the stock yeah. there you um, go talk about cheap financial advice <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yes financial Advisors.com, connectingthedollars.com you can find all of our information there all of our educational blog posts um, links to our prior webinars we'll pull out a few articles specifically related to this episode on our show notes And yeah, we always love hearing from you. So
2: yeah, and I think I'll just say one more thing about indexing investing. If you are interested in social values investing, doing an index could be not necessarily the way to go, but there are more and more indexes available for people who are interested in social values investing. So I think we should link to the social values investing podcast episode that we recorded Yep. Earlier this year, if that's something you're interested in,
1: yes, sounds good. Um, last thing I wanted to say: please like our video if we have this on YouTube, or like us on I don't know what is the term subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever. Yeah, or you're as
2: doing, my seven year old says,
1: smash that like button <laughs> and leave us a review if you have a moment and if you enjoyed what you heard. All right. Well, thanks. And any final thoughts, Amanda? Are we good?
2: I think we're good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for 2023 and to see where it leads us. I Thank think it's you. going to be to a good place.
1: I agree. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening or watching and we'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to connectingthedollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at connectingthedollars.com. Or, if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.